Good. Good. What a wonderful day we find ourselves in today. Amen? Sun shining. It's wonderful outside. What is there to complain about? The, the cold. All right, I'll, I'll accept that. It's a bit cold. But we're Canadian. We're used to it, right? We've got to be used to that. Anyways, we woke up this morning. We ate our breakfast. And now we're here today with the freedom to worship our Lord together. That's amazing. Isn't it? It's amazing. We can worship Jehovah Jireh because he's a good provider, isn't he? He's faithful to us. He's a very good provider for what he is doing. He's worthy of our praise for what he's going to do in our lives. He's also worthy of praise because of what, it's not just a moment in time that he's worthy. He's worthy throughout all generations. Amen? Doesn't that make you feel good? That the one you worship is always the same, that he's always good, that he actually embodies good? That's an amazing thing, isn't it? Is this thing on this morning? Come on. He's good. He's good. All the time. Yesterday, today, and forever. All the time. Something worth celebrating. Here, you want to see something else that I'm actually pretty excited about as well. Let me show you something here real quick. Yep. So I got a notification from the people that host our podcast. And uh, we've gotten the, the, the last achievement that they give, which is... 10,000 podcast downloads. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? We've only been doing it for just two years, and we have 10,000 downloads. I think that's pretty amazing. So everyone doesn't know a podcast is basically, we take the sermons that we do here, and we put them online just for audio only. And actually, it goes out there, and uh, it's actually the people from across the world, around the world, are actually listening to it. I got actually, they, they got some pretty good stats. Check this out. Of course, we've got a lot in North America. That makes sense because where we are. We've got Europe, South Africa, Africa, Oceania, Asia. That's a lot of people around the world that are listening to Elam. Why? <laughs> That's amazing. It's a good thing. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? I'm excited about that. I'm not, I don't get too excited about statistics and things like that. But uh, they are just they are just numbers things. But I'm excited because I'm I'm apostolic. Apostolic is in my DNA. And when things get sent out, when there are, our word gets sent out, when we get sent out, that's what God has called us to do. Amen. So that's a, the good thing. So uh, yeah, if you want to, if you want to, and by the way, it's a good it's a good kind of introductory to our church as well too. If you have anybody that's interested in our church, you can say hey. Go onto your phone, go onto Apple Podcasts, and check out Elam City Church. It's there. Every sermon from the last two years is there. Uh, so they can listen to as much of it as they want. So, anyways, I just thought I'd share that with you. I found that pretty exciting. So, the, the podcast actually made me realize and learn that what we say, the words that we use, the mind that God has given us, even the ability to, to kind of process thoughts. Uh, and, you know, have the uh, understanding of morality, to be able to express all of this with our words, it's really, it's a gift that God has given us. It's a huge gift. It's a gift that, he, he, that lets us express how we see value in the world around us and the people that surround us. And I don't know about you, but lately I've been thinking about the weight of responsibility that we have in the words that we speak. There's a huge weight in that. Why is that? It's because our words have the power to bless or to curse. Either or. And we know this. It's Christianity 101, right? We know that the, the, our words have the power to bless and curse. But still, 
So many people are quick to say whatever is on their minds. But today, I, I want you to really consider how powerful your voice is. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. And today, I want to humbly encourage you to think intentionally about how you actually use your voice every day. All right? So my desire is that we become more strategic with it. Why is that? Because it's actually a gift. God gives us a gift. He expects us to use it. There's nothing worse than when you give a gift at Christmas to somebody and they just give it away to somebody else, right? Like that fruitcake. Or, uh, I don't know, a power tool that you give to someone that just sits in a box somewhere. No, someone gives you a gift, you want them to use it. God wants us to use our gift as well. It's a gift of self-expression. It's a gift of our free will. And we can use it to glorify him, or we can also use it to glorify something else. Right? So my hope is that we can steward our voices to build each other up and build the church up in general as well, too. More than anything, use our voice to bring glory to our Father. And you know, we're living in a, in a very interesting time. Uh, we're living in a time where we cannot afford to waste this gift at all that God has given us. So why do I think that this is important? Uh, well, for one, there are several scriptures that talk about how we need to guard our tongue. And I'm going to go through quite a few of those today. Uh, but I also think that the Christian voice has been, actually been hijacked a little bit. I think the Christian voice has been hijacked to talk about anything else except for Jesus and his teachings. Anything else. And I don't like that at all. I don't like that whatsoever. And I think that we need to change course and, and speak something else out. And we actually have to speak the name of Jesus. And Jesus alone. Everybody remember what priority number one was from last week? Yes, eyes on Christ. Priority number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten as well. It's our number one priority. Amen? Yeah. So a lot of us heard when we were young to never say something in anger that you don't mean. Remember that? When you were young, don't ever say something that you, in anger that you don't mean because even though you can say sorry, you cannot actually take the words back. They're still out there. You still put them out into the air. They're out there. And, uh, you know, even today when we're, we're, we're angry, a lot of people, turn, what's the first thing that people do today when they're angry? Oh, I can't stand that person. Right? They start, they start talking on social media about how angry they are at something or someone or whatever. And uh, the funny thing is that, yeah, you can delete that post, maybe, who knows, today they, they, you can find things that people have written that they've tried to delete. Uh, but you put it out there, and it's out there. How often do you see people that are angry when they're on social or whatever? How many times do you see, see people say, you know what, I was wrong, I'm sorry? <laughs> Never. Never happens. You put the words out there, they're out there. Right? And like I said last week as well, too, everybody wants to preach, but they want to preach anything else but Jesus. Right? We need to use our words more strategically. So how do you know if your words are, are not bringing glory to God? Well, here, there's some, some real telltale signs that your words are not bringing glory to God. If your words cause division, it's not glorifying God. If you, if you put people down, it's definitely not glorifying God. If they express false teaching or lies, not glorifying God. If they brag or they exaggerate, again, that's not bringing glory to God. If they hurt someone, definitely not glorifying God. Your words are not glorifying God if any of those things happen. Moreover, it's likely that your words are actually being influenced by somebody else. 
somebody else other than God. Forgive me, that sounds a bit sinister, but it actually is sinister. It really is. Guess what Satan is? He is the father of lies, right? And what are lies? Lies are actually spoken words, right? Words have power. They can bring joy or they can cause misery, which is why we need to glorify godly wisdom to manage. Actually, sorry, we need to get godly wisdom in order to manage the words that come out of our mouths. And I figured, why not turn to the book of uh, wisdom in the Bible, also known as Proverbs. And a lot of these Proverbs are attributed to King Solomon, who was known for his heavenly inspired wisdom, right? And it just so happens that Proverbs has many verses, many verses, that talk about the power of our words. So today I want to focus on four of them. Like I said, there's a lot more. Go read Proverbs. There's a ton of the ver- verses about the words that we speak. Uh, but today I'm going to focus on four of them to get my point across, all right? So here we go. Let's get right to it. The first is Proverbs 18.21, uh, which is, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. That's a powerful, powerful verse. The tongue has the power of life and death. This is why it's an important topic, right? This is why it's important, because the stakes are that high. It's life or death in the power of the tongue. Your words can either speak life or your words can speak death. Our, t- our tongues can build others up or they can tear people down as well too. It's that powerful. What's funny as Christians is that we're quick, you know, we're always quick to avoid uh, the Ten Commandments sins or, you know, we're, you know okay, I'm not going to commit murder, I'm not going to steal, I'm not going to get drunk, all these things, right? But we so easily and without any thought will assassinate someone else with our words, right? Even fellow believers sometimes, Right? by the way that we use our tongues. So as a pastor's kid, I've grown up seeing a lot of people (laughs) ruin their lives. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't mean to sound, uh, you know, negative, but it's true. Like my my grandfather was a pastor, my father was a pastor, and I'm now a pastor. I've seen a lot of people make pretty bad decisions in their lives and and, and ruin them here on earth. And uh, I've noticed two kind of major actions that are usually attributed to people really making their life take a, take a nosedive. And I, I, don't like, I don't like totalities, meaning I don't like to, you know, the, these aren't the only two things, but uh, there's two what main things that I've seen that really ruin their lives. And one of them is obviously substance abuse. I've seen that happen a lot of time when it's, when it's not treated, when then people don't want to change. That will definitely ruin someone's life. And it, it's just really hard to get out of unless they make a 180 turn. And I've seen examples of that here too, by the way, people that have been redeemed from that. So I'm not saying that this is, uh, you know, I, I, this is, that's it, that's the end. But if people don't choose to turn around, then they, they, they do, unfortunately, have problems in their lives. And the other one, though, that I've seen is that people ruin their lives is by not ruling their mouths as well too. And it's just as serious when people don't rule their mouths. When their mouths say off-the-wall things, you know, it gets them into off-the-wall trouble quite often, right? Have you ever seen that as well, too? Like, people just they have no control over what they say. It ruins them. They can't hold a job. They, they do all kinds of, they say crazy things to, to people, and it just sends them in a spiral. And does that sound harsh? Yeah, I'll admit that it does, but it's, it's, it's scriptural. It's scriptural. Your speech can either bring blessing or curses from both God and men both here on earth and in eternity, your future will be impacted heavily by your choice and habit of the language that you actually bring to the table. 
part of those verses it says, and those who love it will eat its fruits. In other words, whatever we speak will come to pass. Not only do words have power, they also produce results. A lot of people say that what you see is what you get. But here in my, my short time on earth, I've also noticed what you speak is also what you get. Right? And the good news is that speaking faith produces powerful results as well, too. Even Mark said this in 11.23, Truly I tell you that if anyone says, speaks to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and has no doubt in his heart but believes that it will happen, it will be done for him. That's, that's empower associated with our words, isn't it? What you speak is what you get. This is why our mouths have to speak the word of God in absolutely every circumstance. That's why our mouths have to speak the word of God in every family dispute. Right? That's why our mouths have to speak the word of God in every relationship issue that we come across. This is why our mouths have to speak the word of God in every, hey, pandemic that we're in. Right? The word of God has to be spoken. Our mouths must be speaking the word of God, period. If you're a negative person and are always speaking death, doubt, doom, and gloom, and defeat in your life, well, that's what you're going to have. That's what you're going to have. I've got some advice for you on that. Stop it. Stop it. Speak life instead. Speak life. Remember, life and death is in the power of the tongue, and you're going to eat the fruit of your spoken words, right? Your life is what you speak it to be, and we speak what we, what we speak is what we produce in our lives. We can bless ourselves or curse ourselves even with our own words. It's a weighty decision because it is what you're going to, you, because it is you that is going to have to live out the words that you speak from your mouth. Are you suffering from negativity? Well, then you have to renew your mind through the word of God. Do it daily with your own mouth. Renew it by doing what God actually says who you are. If you're in negative, speak the words of what God says over you instead. What does God say about you? He says that you are loved. Speak that over yourself. Speak life. Say, speak over yourself that you are worthy, that you are valuable that you are made new. Eat that fruit instead. Amen? There's power in our words, I'm telling you. There really is. The second proverb that I have here talks to the responsibility we should have over our mouths. It's Proverbs 13 and 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life. He who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Has anyone heard the expression, loose lips, loose lips sink ships? Remember that? It's actually from World War II. And uh, it speaks the need to be, caref- to, to be careful of what you say because the enemy could be anybody around you. There could be Nazi uh, you know, spies around you. And you saying something could actually lead to the Allied ship being sunk. So you have to be careful about what you say. Keep your lips sealed, Right? It's funny, though, you could actually change the saying today to loose lips sink lives as well, too. According to this proverb, the one who is guarding his lips will will watch over what comes out of them. If you guard your mouth, you'll keep yourself from speaking outside of what God wants to be said, right? Which in turn preserves your life. There's so many ways that our mouths can get us into trouble. Think about the number of times we've seen public figures recently not watch their mouths and then pay for it with a million articles coming out after them bashing them and they're being called out on it, right? It happens all the time when people don't watch what they say or they they take the words and they they turn it into something else, right? Uh, This happens all the time. 
If you watch the news, you're going to see it all the time. The premier or the prime minister or whoever goes out and says something on TV, and then it's ripped apart by a million different people. You know, even though most of us are not in the public spotlight, a lot of us today do translate our immediate thoughts into posts, into tweets, you know, without even thinking about any type of consequence whatsoever that it might create. And look, I'm not, uh, I'm not a fan of cancel culture. If anyone knows what that is, it's basically when someone does something uh, or says something, uh, you, they, you know, the society wants to completely cancel them, wants to get them out, wants to ruin someone, ruin their career for either a mistake that they've made or an unaccepted point of view. You know, I'm not, I like forgiveness personally. I do like that. I do like the idea of forgiveness. But I equally don't agree with a consequence-free world either, right? A world without responsibility or accountability. We as Christians have an accountability with each other, but we also have an accountability with our Heavenly Father as well too, right? Remember Jesus said that it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. That's an important one. So what comes out of our mouths reflects what's truly in our hearts. That's why it's so important that we guard what actually comes out of us. And this proverb is also talking about people who think that they can say whatever they want as well too, right? So yeah, we do live in a free country. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah for that. It is true. We do live in a free country. But there is a cost. There's a, there is a consequence of saying whatever you want as well too. And you know what? That cost is ruin, that's what it says there. The word, in the, the word in this verse literally means to be destroyed, to be ruined. It also implies an idea of terror and fear when it's talking about ruin. You know, we think we can say anything we want, but the fact is that when people say irresponsible or sometimes just stupid things, the devastation it creates can be terrifying because words can incite war, words can incite terror, Words can incite violence, right? So we, ought, we do have a responsibility over what we say. The garden mouth is a wise mouth. We all have things that we want to say, but we should know that a good majority of the things that come into our minds are better left unsaid. <laughs> right? Usually they're better left unsaid. And usually, let's face it, a lot of what comes into our mind should be actually repented of as well. Right? To leave our mouths without any kind of guard or watch is like leaving a battle post unmanned, right? It's going to lead to ruin, to sunk ships. So I want to say at this point, let's stand on guard over our mouths. Let's take that responsibility. We do have an accountability to our Heavenly Father. Let's take it. Let's be responsible. Amen? Especially as Christians, because we know the truth. Amen? Yeah. The third proverb I want to look at today it tells us why we should use our words graciously. And it's Proverbs 16:24. I like this one. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Don't you like that? It's lovely. It's not doom and gloom. This is this is the, this is a good thing. Oh, that's funny. I wonder what happened there. Self. <laughs> I don't know why it says that, but anyways, it's probably you can look it up in your Bibles. It's Proverbs 16 and 24. So. What does it mean to be gracious? I think in the, the time that we're living in, a lot of us, a lot of it has to do with being a forgiving person. It means that you treat others the way that you want to be treated and, and not necessarily the way that you want to treat them, right? 
Uh, it means believing the best in people and, and for goodness sake, being kind as well too. Remember that? Remember what it's like to be kind to somebody? Yeah, be kind. Be kind is good. Using gracious words means being gentle. It means being selfless with how you speak to people. It means building others up and taking the high road. Even, you know, you take the high road even if they're wrong and you are right. It means taking the high road. We hate saying that, don't we? That, that doesn't it feel icky to say, you know, when you are right and they're wrong to take the high road? That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? The proverb tells us that when we use gracious words, they're actually good for us. They are mentally and spiritually healthy. You are more joyful and happy when you show others grace instead of entering into conflict, instead of provoking aggression. When it comes down to it, grace rules, and so do actually gracious words. Okay? I've noticed a lot uh, of people are, are talking about how they found it difficult lately in family situations, uh, you know, around the family dinner table, uh, you know, because we all seem to have such polarized opinions on things. Can I give some pastoral advice again? The next time you're in a difficult situation, please remember to be gracious in the way that you handle it. Please, because it's better for everyone involved. We might have to let go of our need to prove ourselves right, you know, and to prove our point, uh, and, you know, but instead we need to do the right thing, which is to impart grace and love. And when we do this, and I know it can be extremely difficult, I, I get it, but we're actually demonstrating a greater truth when we do this. And the greatest truth of all, it's, it's the infinite and unending love of Christ. That's what we want to demonstrate instead of our opinion. Right? The love of Christ. We're actually commanded to express, actually, the love of Christ with our mouths as well, too. We're actually commanded to do that. Jesus never said, make sure that you express your opinion to somebody. He never said that. But what he did say is, make sure to love one another. Right? One of the greatest commandments. And we do that, again, with our mouths. When we lace our speech with grace, healing happens. By the way, every person that you encounter throughout the day are actually on-purpose people. You know that, right? As Christians, everyone that we run into during the day is on, an on-purpose person that God has actually put in your path for that day. God set them into your life that very day for a specific reason. Even those that irritate you, by the way. Even those people, probably especially those people, he put it in your path. But God can use you to bring healing. You know, it can actually bring healing to your bones when you speak grace to them and, and love to them. So it's not just good for them. It's also good for you. If this verse was here, you could see it yourself, but it's not. But you can look it up in your Bibles. It brings healing to your bones. We always have to be aware that people are watching and evaluating how we behave, and we need to ask ourselves, what will they see? Are they going to see fired-up strife, uh, or are they going to see sweet forgiveness? Are they going to hear words that incite anger or speech that soothes and heals? You know, if you're truly aware that your words can bring healing and nourish your souls, then what side of the argument do you actually want to be on? I want to be on the side that heals that brings nourishment to people and not strife, not anger. I want people to walk away when they've had a conversation from, with me to feel good and to feel the love of Christ and not judgment. Amen? Yeah. I'm going to close with this last proverb. Oh, good, this one's here. <laughs> Proverbs 12 and 18. 
The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Again, very similar verse. Words are powerful beyond what we can recognize. Think about it. We know that a, a lot of animals have the ability to communicate. Right? We know that. But their communication does not carry the weight of life and death like ours does. That's a big differentiator. Don't forget that we're created in the likeness of God. And when God created the world, how did he do it? He spoke it. He spoke it. God said, let there be, and there was. He spoke it with his words. His words have the power. So our words have power because we are created in his image. Think about it that way. Godly words can revive, heal, change lives. They can turn graves into gardens, like the song said. Right? Ungodly words, though, have the power to bind, imprison, and destroy. Think about words in general. Creative words can create. Destructive words destroy. Hurtful words crush. Helpful words build up. Toxic words can poison, but soothing words heal. Faith-filled words bring life, but faithless words bring death. That's the power of our words. Countless times a day when it comes to, to what you say, you have, the you have a choice to make. And every time you open your mouth to utter a word, you know, or today, every time you, you type a word, <laughs> all right, you have the opportunity to either speak life or take it. Remember that. Let's be the ones that speak life in a world that is, is trying to weaponize words against us, right? Or words that, that divide and, and discredit us. Let's be the ones that use the right words at the right time. Amen? So that we can be agents of healing and transformation in this world. Amen? Let's be wise with our words because there is such power behind them. Amen? Amen. I'm going to get the, the kids to come up here down, from downstairs. They're going to have a little presentation for us. Did Holly go down to get them? Okay, perfect. I was wondering, though, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray this over. I have to watch my words as well, too. I'm standing here. I'm actually judged harder than all of you because I'm preaching. It actually says in the Bible that those that teach actually they have a bit, big, big responsibility on them. So I have to watch my words. So I'm going to pray this over myself. And if you agree with me, will you pray it over yourselves as well to pray with me in agreement? Are you ready? Yeah. Heavenly Father, Lord, God, help us to be gracious with our words. God, I pray for every interaction I have today and tomorrow this week with my, with my wife, with my kids, with the people I work alongside, with the people I meet this week, and even especially the ones I don't even know that I'm going to meet. God, I pray that you would use my words to be gracious, to be sweetness for people's souls today. Bring health and healing to their bones through the words that I speak and, and what I say. God, I pray this for each and every one of us. God, help us Help us pray. Help us, we, we pray that our mouths will be filled with gracious words so that we can fully represent your love to the world around us. Let us express your love and nothing else aside from your love. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.